You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, here with Ken, Jeff, and Matt. How's everyone doing today? Greetings. Great. Doing excited fantastic. To be, uh, excited to be embarking more on these last uh, 10 episodes before we hit 300. That's right. Yeah, today is episode 292, and we're on our way to 300. And speaking of 300, if you haven't sent in your audio questions yet... Leonidas uh, will kick you in the chest. There you wow. go. Uh, make sure you send them in. All you got to do is uh, record a question. Uh, you can put a category in it if you want. You can have a, a nice private message to us as well if you want to, a little extra message. And uh, if, if you need help recording too, we could probably help you. Yeah, yeah, we could do out. that too. Yep, and we have some some people who can help out if, if need be. And we're hoping to get 30 questions for 300 and we'll play them live uh, for the first time and try to answer them as teams. So uh, yeah, today is uh, episode 292 and what we've been doing starting last week is inviting uh, people who were our first patrons and who helped this whole show get started back on the show um, as another thank you for helping us grow. And uh, we have two people here today who uh, joined October 1st, 2017 and December 24th, 2017. Wow. So they've wow. been with us for a long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, friends of the show, people who have been on a few times, some that we've uh, competed with uh, valiantly, and, and we're so happy to have them here. So let's start with our competitor today, uh, you know him for his wrestling prowess as he's uh, defeated all the competition uh, at every SummerSlam and WrestleMania. Uh, he's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon. Greg Johnson, how are you, Greg? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I've, I've, I'm on my part-time status, so I don't want to do take as many bumps this time. So I'm 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 glad to be back. Awesome. And uh, for anyone uh, maybe who isn't in the backlog yet, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, so my, my name is Greg. I'm a software developer from Aiken, South Carolina. Um, I'm, as has been mentioned, I'm a, a little bit of a wrestling fan, but I enjoy, you know, TV, movies, music, any anything that's kind of pop culture related. I'm not knowledgeable about it, but I enjoy just taking in whatever I can. Uh, but yeah, and I love trivia. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for being here. You're going to partner with Matt today. We'll get to your uh, team name in just a minute, but our hosts. Uh, is one of our teammates uh, from the Geek Bulls of past. Uh, it's one we, we spent many hours with uh, in the trenches. Uh, and we haven't actually had a chance to play his trivia in person, which hopefully we will at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, he's been with us since December 24th, 2017, coming to, uh, to us from New York, Oakland 5 supporter, Joe Wen. How are you, Joe? Hey, folks. How you doing? Great to be back. Great to see yeah, you all Nice again. to see you. 
And Matt, uh, you made an Instagram post before we let Joe talk a little bit about himself, but uh, you want to uh, cue that up for anyone? What was uh, Joe wearing? Uh, Joe is he's doing the gritty wearing a gritty. It's 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 impressive. He's got a very gritty. gritty Halloween costume this year. Business gritty, he says. Yeah, and hopefully you can send us a picture uh, of your Halloween costume when you're all uh, decked out, Joe. But uh, tell folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am an attorney by day here in Brooklyn, New York. And by night, I host trivia a couple nights a week. Also do some private events. Uh, very cool. Our uh, trivia company got a little profile in the New York Times back in October. Uh, got a couple quotes in there. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time to be in New York City, considering... Yeah, well, congrats. I mean, that's awesome that you're, you're mentioning the New York Times. And uh, if uh, everyone wants to check him out and you're in the New York uh, area, what's it called again, Joe, the, the company? Uh, yeah, the company is NYC Trivia League. Uh, even if you're not in New York City, they uh, the company does a uh, bi-weekly uh, to every week uh, online game on Twitch. Uh, you can play from home with your friends. Uh, it's called The Trivia List on Twitch. Uh, I write some questions for that. Uh, yeah, Trivia all over, everywhere, any way you can. Awesome. And I'm not saying that the new masked vigilante who's been going around uh, New York beating the living hell out of criminals mm-hmm. dressed as Gritty is Joe, but you're not, I'm not just saying. saying. Not really. I just have never seen Gritty and Joe in the same room. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Just like you've never seen Matt inside the studio and not on a computer screen. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also true. Facts, yes. Uh, well, uh, Matt, you and Greg are going to team up today. What what is the team name you you uh, decided on? Yeah, we're gonna pay homage to two of two of our favorite. I assume uh, we didn't actually talk about that favorite wrestlers. Uh, we're gonna be the two man power trip. I assume that I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, making you Triple H. I don't know how that works for you, Greg, but I think that's what we're going with. That that's close enough. G is close enough to H. That'll work. <laughs> And uh, Ken, um, as we... the weather turns in Chicago for the worse, yes, gets colder, cloudier. You said we would be what? We would be the Legion of Gloom. Okay. That Legion sounds like an emo band if I've ever heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, Jeff, you're going to sit out today. You'll score keep for us. That but is uh, Joe, uh, any preference on the rules? Read. Ooh. Uh, can can uh, I can you, I make you, you an, an offer that you might not be able to refuse? I'd love the, to we, hear one. We got the Queen of England on the line. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, I, I love. I would love to hear the Queen of England. I think the, the last words before she passed. Yeah, it's the last the thing she read. did was, was record the <laughs> rules read for us. She accepted uh-huh. our cameo exactly. invite <laughs> right before she expired. All right, uh, Queen Majesty, <laughs> Queen Mum, take it away. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds, worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorised questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named cream of the pop. Someone else, that is. For I am the cream of the pop. Thank you to Cameron Terry for that uh, impression of the queen. Obviously not the queen herself, but uh, very, very close. Very close. And uh, Joe, um, we're all ready to go here today. We've, we've given you the, uh, the kitchen knife. You have the onions. You have the carrots. Uh, it is time to Julianne. Wow. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> that may be your best nope. yet. Yeah. No better way to put it. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> Good luck, folks. All right, question number one. Uh, the way you talk to me, the way you cut your hair, your big dumb combat boots, and the way you're always right are just some of the items listed in what poem read by Cat in a 1999 movie of the same name? We're locked in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm thinking 1999. That mm-hmm. sounds like it's close to, is that 10 Things I Hate About You? That sounds accurate. I believe um, that would be Heath Ledger's character, probably, maybe. Yes, um, I, I I don't remember any of the characters' names. Oh um, yeah, it sounds like cat sounds like a name that would be in <laughs> the, ten, yeah. the, ten, the ten things I hate about you. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm good locking in with ten things I hate about you. I'm uh, surprised right. Matt didn't say that immediately. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. he would have too. I think he was thinking more save the last dance because he's a big fan of Julia the Julia Stiles. Stiles dance number, who which he calls the best dance number ever put on film. He does, yeah, he does say that. <laughs> Uh, Ken, what did we lock in with? The same 10 things. Yeah, those are just some of the 10 things that uh, Kat hates about the Heath Ledger's character, Patrick, in 10 Things I Hate About You. Well done, folks. All right, Uh, let's jump into question number two. Uh, Artist Marcus Cornish sculpted a bronze statue of what fictional character created by author Michael Bond? This statue was erected in 2000 at a certain London underground station. I am a hundred percent sure on this one. If if you're okay with that, Greg, I put a hundred percent confidence in you. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm I'm trying to remember if if my gut is wrong, but I I'm thinking Paddington. Ken, that sounds good to me. And I know that Paddington Two is like Nick Cage's favorite movie in uh, that new Nick yeah. Cage movie that came out. Yeah, it's got to be Paddington. Uh, Paddington, yeah, because I mean, who who doesn't love a marmalade sandwich? Well, there's a Paddington station, is there not? There is, there is, yes. Yeah, I would. I've been asked several Paddington questions recently. My girlfriend loves the Paddington. Uh, this is a hundred percent Paddington. Yeah, and the bear got its name because it was picked up at Paddington Station. It's Paddington Bear. Well done. All right, let's jump into number three. Uh, with a seating capacity of a hundred thirty-two thousand spectators. A cricket stadium in Ahmedabad, India, is named after what current prime minister of India? Since we're going on the wrestling angle, um, I will tag team in for any team for 10 no. bucks. Um, <laughs> I think bucks. I got 10 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know I know it when I hear it, but I, I, I've heard it in the news, but it's not something I've pulled away. Same. All right, Greg. It looks yeah. like they have no idea. Do you have any idea? I have no idea either, unfortunately. Well, this is four people who have no idea and their friend who does know, apparently. <laughs> that's Jeff. Um, so can you name, I can't even name a prime minister that's ever been a prime minister of India. I mean, Indira Gandhi. Indira Gandhi, I think, but, but she's not, yeah. She's, she's no longer with us, I believe. Yeah. Um, this is a very cut and dry question, and we do not have a cut or dry answer. So we are going to uh, classic act double like, tap. Yeah, Joe's got us in an ankle lock, and we are tapping out. So you guys weren't following all the coverage when, like, you know, a billion people got to vote in the last Indian election. Just tell us the answer and stop being smug. <laughs> the desolation of smug. <laughs> it's uh, I believe it's Modi, Narendra Modi. Okay. 
It is, is in right? fact Narendra Modi. Yes, that's correct. Uh, points uh, for Jeff. Good we job, got the Jeff. Paddington question, so leave us alone. <laughs> Paddington should be the new prime minister of England. <laughs> I would love to have Paddington as any type of leader. He's 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 so he's so nice. He's so helpful. He is. Two qualities not found in many politicians. Yeah. <laughs> he is unqualified. Hashtag vote for Paddington. Uh, all right. Number four in this round. A situation in which witnesses give contradictory interpretations or descriptions of an event is sometimes known as the what effect, named after a classic 1950 film based on a short story in a grove. We got it. We're locked in. Mm. So this is not the Mandela effect. Um, no. It's not the butterfly effect. No, nope, not effect. that either. Is This is something that I believe I learned about in one of my various paralegal studies courses, but that was 10 years ago. And, and he would generally been, nap through that class. Well, there's, there was the whole pandemic. It's just been a, it's been a time in the last ten years, so I don't I don't remember anything. You were watching um, Suits when you're supposed to be learning, and yeah, which is also very educational. Uh, so 1950s movie, right? Uh, 1950 film, um, the Twelve Angry Men effect. That that works. For me. I. I feel like 12 Angry Men is probably a little later. Kramer effect. There we go. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Kramer effect. The, the, Kramer, the wow. doors and you give wrong testimony. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with either. I, I'm, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe 12 Angry Men is that old. Well, I think they're both wrong. So we, <laughs> we okay. lock, we're going to lock in with Kramer effect. Oh, here's a film that I'm familiar with, but Neil pulled the answer. Yeah, yeah, a lot of films uh, use this format, uh, but there's only one that did it first, or I guess did it well well enough. Uh, we said Rashomon. That is correct. It's Rashomon effects, or the movie Rashomon. Uh, I was hoping, Matt, you would uh, back your way into it through The Simpsons. There's a Simpsons mm. reference where they're flying to Japan, and Homer's oh, upset, yeah. and then Marge says, but you love Rashomon, and then he says, well, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> And now I get that joke. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that, was, that was a great question. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, let's jump into question number five. Often cited as the origin of a certain mystery novel cliche, Mary Roberts Reinhardt, Mom, Mary Robert Reinhardt's novel from 1930, The Door, featured a character with what occupation committing the central murders? I'm looking for the occupation. We're going to lock in. Okay, I, I feel pretty confident about is it is the occupation the butler because of the cliche the butler did it i would i would assume that 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 has to be it it's the the man you lock in the freezer in tomb raider uh, i'm thinking that this is the butler and i'm always suspicious of my butler right you are <laughs> were right. i to have one right were, were i to have one archibald he i'd is, be suspicious he's a sneaky him. sneaky son of a bitch <laughs> He's my imaginary butler. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, spoiler alert, we said it was the butler that did it, hopefully. Uh, that is correct. It is apparently originate, uh, supportedly originated from Mary Roberts' Reinhardt novel, The Door. The butler did it. Yes, that is correct. Well done. 
All right, and I have a score recap for everyone after five questions. Both teams off to a pretty good start. Uh, just a slight lead for Legion of Gloom with 40 points, but close behind two-man power trip with 30. And you can find Joe and, and Greg uh, over on the crop uh, pretty often. Uh, you can go to our Discord or any of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, at TrivialityPod to keep up with all of Triviality news and happenings, including uh, Matt uh, accidentally posting there from his own personal account, which sometimes you get a gem. You want to <laughs> make sure you follow. Yeah, if you like rainbow cake, I posted something the other day. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, let's get back into it. Question number six. East Highland High School is the name of the fictional school featured largely in what TV drama series that debuted in 2019? Some students that attend the school include Rue, Jules, Cassie, Maddie, and Nate. I'm pretty confident on this one. Um, we can lock in then. Okay. <laughs> All right, a high school series that premiered in 2019. Yeah, the names are really familiar. What were the names again? Rue. Rue, Cassie, yeah. Nate. Rue, Jules, Cassie, Maddie, and Nate. Oh, is Euphoria. It... Oh, yeah. Rue, yeah, yeah, right. right. Rue, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I knew it was something that reminded me. Yeah, uh, Euphoria, yeah. And, uh, that's right. When I heard the names, that's what got to me. It was, it, I heard Rue, and I knew that. That's Euphoria. Uh, yeah, that's right. Rue, played by Zendaya, two-time Emmy winner for the role uh, on the TV show Euphoria. Well done. It's a very saucy performance, I would say. And America Sweetheart. Yeah, and then Sydney Sweeney. They just uh, announced you know, she's gonna. Of Rue. Oh, because of Rue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rue. Sydney Sweeney. I get it now. You get it, Jeff? Jeff, you got it. Yeah, I'm waiting Matt, for. Uh, you get it? Bechamel to transfer like the, the sauce. Is yeah, that it's the sauce. sauce. Yeah, like the sauce. sauce. It's the sauce joke. Yeah, it's the sauce. You see? Um, I like the sauce. Yeah, Sydney Sweeney is going to be Barbarella now, apparently, and the whole cast. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Did you know the creator? That's uh, Barry Levinson, famous director's son. Oh. So as they say, if you want to get ahead in Hollywood, just have a really famous parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. All right. Question number seven this round. What is both the name of a musical instrument and a word when found in sheet music instructs the performer to play quietly? Okay, we uh, very quietly whisper to each other and we're going to lock in. You said fortissimos, the quietest? No. <laughs> okay, I, I think it may be piano. Because mm. um, I, I I I'm, I'm going back to my high school band days, I, I believe there was a, I remember seeing piano on sheet music and that associated with pl playing quietly but and i think there was um piano and then pianissimo and then pianissimo even okay. more very quietly the, the triple so I, p I, I, yeah triple p yeah, yeah that's right that's it yes because that, that's what the p stands for yep that is I'm, that is i know one of those words and it's piano so i'm good with piano yep we said piano as well Triple P was my least favorite wrestler. Yeah. Original uh, title of Adrian Brody's Oscar-winning turn, the Pianissimo. All of you dead on in your uh, discussion. Yes, it is piano. Well done, folks. Were the jokes dead on or not so much? <laughs> on arrival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Greg, what the instrument did you piano. play? Piano. I, I played the tenor saxophone. Nice. That's what you played, Jeff, right? Uh, yes, I, I played baritone and alto and... Soprano. I Pretty much everything but tenor I usually play. Everything but tenor, okay. Yeah. Joe, did you play an instrument? Not in band. I do play a little bit of guitar. Uh, I mess around on the piano. I have a cat piano, which is in the shape of a cat, which makes cat noises. But that's Joe mostly <laughs> just goes into Guitar Center and plays Purple Haze. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you play a little bass. You slap at a bass a little bit. 
Not well, but I do. Yeah. And Ken can't play anything. That's no, I'm oh, no. not musically talented. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, go to question number eight in this round. Question number eight. The word Schmetterling is German for what animal? The name derives from the East Central German word Schmetten, which means cream. So supposedly because witches were believed to transform into these animals to steal dairy products. I don't know why, but initially my brain went to goose. And I don't know. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm fine with just just trust, trust your gut. Um, yeah. I have no idea on this one. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people don't like geese, and it's because they assume that they are transformed witches. So I am I am happy with locking in with goose. Geese are just well, regular. I do witches. believe in his dark materials, not the show, but in the books. I believe geese are the um, the demons of the witches. So maybe they're right. But we just said cat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no points on this one. Uh, Schmetterling is German for butterfly. Oh. Nobody yeah. suspects Which is butterfly. believed to transform into butterflies to steal dairy products for some reason. Yeah. How are they stealing I've dairy always products? Known butterflies to be dairy off, thieves. They're just hauling off like glass gallon jugs of the stuff. <laughs> How is that possible? I guess witchcraft, in, in but mass. except for the vegan butterflies are in the oat milk section. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy it, witches. You're not fooling me. Alright, uh, right, so question number nine. A little bit of a math, a little bit of logic question for you in a room there are seven different people all different heights from five feet tall to six feet tall they all have a personal rule that they will always refuse to shake the hand of anyone that is shorter than them how many consensual handshakes will occur if they're asked to shake hands with another person in that room so each person will shake hands with one less so no, it is because the the tallest person. Right, the tallest person won't shake, will refuse to shake hands of any anyone. other. Oh, yeah, but then and then the second tallest will refuse the other, like the five that are shorter than them. So there's something oh, else so going on in this question. It's got to be zero. Yeah, I, I, it, it's. Yep. Uh, well, All right, it, guys, it, we're we're locked in here. We think. Okay, so we're going through the logic of it. So if everyone refuses to shake the hands of somebody shorter than them... Which i that's my rule, by the way, too. <laughs> if they're all different heights, then nobody would agree to shake hands with anybody. So there's no handshaking. They're right. staying six feet apart. They're practicing social distancing. It's fine. It's a good room. It's a room I'd want to be in. <laughs> you agree, Greg? I, I, <laughs> I agree, absolutely. With, with nope. everything you said... He agrees. Randy oh, Randy Newman short uh, shaking zero hands. <laughs> we know. Step back from my pain. <laughs> so we said zero. Uh, we said zero too, but we can't wait to hear the trick, Joe. <laughs> Both of you are exactly right. Yes. Right. Apologies, oh, to our, okay. apologies to our short kings out there. You're, you're uh, just making us sweat, man. Yes. With yeah, this question. Uh, yes. So, yes. I'm not sure you explained. Uh, the tallest person will refuse to shake hands with anyone in the room. Uh, the second tallest person will refuse to shake everyone's hand except the tallest person. But because the tallest person won't shake the second hand, second tallest person's hand, they will have a handshake. So right. nine out of ten people can't answer this question on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I remember this from like back in seventh grade. I had this question by from a math teacher, and I it 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 really stuck with me since. Well, then. yeah. First, I was doing like seven factorial, and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. If no, <laughs> how is he shaking? It doesn't sweat dripping, um, sweat. <sighs> Go to Vegas, play some bit. Oh. <laughs> I hate it when Randy Newman comes into the studio. <laughs> Just barges in Go here. Go home, Randy. Go back to your piano. Because he really hates clammy palms. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Last question to finish the round. Um, question number 10. The last flight of NASA's space shuttle program took place on July 8, 2011, with the launch of what space shuttle from Kennedy Space Center? This shuttle's first flight was in 1985 and was named after a research sailing vessel for the Woods Hole oceanographic institution all right boy we're not sure but uh we came up with a word that sounds like it would be a great name for a spacecraft okay i so i i believe there was one in 2004 2005 called the endeavor and i think sadly i think that was one where it there was an explosion yeah um and i'm guessing they wouldn't name one that recent that, that that close to it after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're looking at either Voyager or Discovery. I think those are the big ones that have lasted a long time. And I think those are the ones that they would retire. I, I I'm more confident in Discovery. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that that I'm good with Discovery. We want to do that. Okay, we can lock in with Discovery. And we didn't have any of that background information, uh, and we went with Endeavor. Uh, no points on this one. Uh, that space shuttle that was named after a two-masted sailing ship was the RV. It was the Atlantis. The Atlantis. Oh. With Aquaman we on say, board. We say like we knew what that was. I didn't know any of that information. <laughs> of course. Atlantis. Matt, Atlantis, real or not? Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> To answer uh, Greg's yet. question earlier, uh, Columbia, I believe, was the one that um, had the failure that uh, resulted in it exploding in the air. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Neil, narwhals, real or not? Um, what did we determine? They are real. We determined. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that I learned they were real. If anybody else out there in listener land had uh, something that they recently or like way too late found out was real that they thought was fake please do let us know yeah, if you had or that, vice versa if you had that i was 30 something years old when i found out unicorns weren't real it was today years old yeah, yeah. Send, send us in your uh especially your if it moments. came up on this show that would be delightful for us yeah please see. comment or send us an email or send us a question podcast at gmail.com for our 300th episode yeah send us a question about it All right, so uh, we've added in the totals from the second half of the first round, and uh, the gap remains the same. It is 70 for the Legion of Gloom, and right behind at two-man power trip, 60 points. And that brings us to the swing rounds. What do you have for us today, Joe? Right. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm going to give you the name of a company and a year, and I need you to name the country where the company was founded. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Let's go with number one, electronics company LG, 1958. Number two, audio streaming service Spotify, 2006. Number three, brewery Carlsberg, 1847. 
Number four, cough drop and breath mint manufacturer Ricola, 1930. Number five, clothing retailer Uniqlo, 1974. Number six. I can't believe they're in 1974. Yeah. Can't believe you number dragged six. me through a Uniqlo. <laughs> uh, number six, automaker Fiat, 1899. Number seven, airline Etihad Airways, 2003. Number eight, tech company Alibaba, 1999. Number nine, Satellite navigation software company Waze, 2006. And number 10, ice cream company Haagen-Dazs, 1960. We uh, will now go to a quick break while we consider the answers for the swing round. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's do this thing. We are back, and uh, let's get the answers for the swing round. Sure. All right. Uh, number one was electronics company LG, nineteen fifty eight. We 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 said we said uh, South Korea. Yep. Uh, we uh, also thought this was South Korea. And you both are right, South Korea. Uh, number two, uh, Spotify, two thousand six. Uh, that would be Sweden. Yeah, Greg was pretty sure on this one. Uh, we said Sweden. And both of you again correct, Sweden. Number three, Carlsberg from 1847. Well, we said uh, Finland. Yeah, we were choosing between Austria, Germany, Belgium, and we went with Belgium. Uh, no points on this one. The, this is Denmark, one of the most famous Denmark breweries. Oh, uh, okay. Breweries, yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four, cough drop and breath mint manufacturer Ricola, 1930. Okay, for this one, uh, we weren't 100% sure. We can think of the commercial, so we said Switzerland. Yep, for the same reason, uh, Switzerland. Yeah, exactly right, Switzerland. Noted uh, Alpenhorns and the yodeling, uh, Ricola, 1930. I could probably use one of those right now. There you go. Uh, the number five. Good, good sponsor. Oh, uh, 
Uh, let's see if we can get Uniqlo from 1974 to sponsor this company, this uh, podcast. Uh, so we we were uh, waving between a few countries, but we settled on Japan. Yes, it is Japan. I'd love to wear Uniqlo for our show just all the time. The, their uh, their their outerwear doesn't always uh, suit me, but their underwear, on the other hand, I'm always wearing it. Yeah, information oh, I everyone it was needed. Innerwear. I've been consuming this all wrong. <laughs> Uh, however you consume it, they are from Japan. Yes, Uniqlo. Roll it up uh, real tight. <laughs> it's a suppository. <laughs> right. Can uh, we wait? Uh, just one second. Can we make triviality a suppository? Consume, just get all the all the knowledge. All the knowledge, right, right, knowledge right at once. From. Like, hey guys, what are you doing? You absorb I'm absorb it faster. I'm gonna go to the bathroom to t- episode 292. <laughs> just pop it in there. Less time. Back from lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, question number six. Uh, Fiat from 1899. Uh, pretty sure that this is an Italian company. Uh, we said the same. That's right. The Fiat stands for Fabrica Italiana Automobili di Torino. It's Italian. Exactly. Grand Torino. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> uh, number seven. Uh, airline Etihad Airways, 2003. We said Saudi Arabia. Uh, we think this is the really fancy, newer airline that takes you to United Arab Emirates. It is United Arab Emirates. Mm. That's correct. Uh, question number eight. Uh, Alibaba, 1999. This one we were torn on. Uh, we ended up going with India. And we said China. It is China. China's the correct answer on that one. Uh, number nine, uh, Waze, 2006. And we said the UK, United Kingdom. Neil knew this one. I did not. Yeah, I was doing some research. I'm like, where's Waze from? And I was uh, shocked and uh, interested to find out. I believe it's from Israel. That's right. It used to be called FreeMap Israel. It was founded in Israel back in 2006. It's now owned by Google. And number 10, uh, ice cream company Hagen dazs 1960. We weren't sure here. Uh, we ended up going with Austria. You almost got us, Joe. You almost got us, but <laughs> we uh, we felt like it was a marketing ploy uh, with the uh, foreign-sounding name, and we went with the USA. One of the most famous examples of foreign branding. It is founded in New York City, the Bronx. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of these things, like uh, Arizona iced tea is not from Arizona. Texas Pete hot sauce is not from Texas. Uh just an example of why would why would the Arizona iced tea people be like you know where I think of when I think of good tea, <laughs> Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. It should cost ninety nine cents forever. You gotta you gotta give them that. I love that nineteen sixty two. We were we were talking about like where could it be from? We're like oh that sounds like a Mad Men thing. Like oh picture Hagen Dazs, luxurious. All right. Well, you guys did pretty well at Legion of Gloom uh, in that swing round, only missing one, adding 45 to your points total, uh, all the way up to 115. And uh, kind of splitting the table with 25, two-man power trip uh, is up to 85. So still anyone's game. All right. Let's uh, jump into round two then. Uh, Question number one. What country singer with songs like Drink In My Hand and Springsteen notably canceled his concert in San Antonio in April 2022 so he could watch the UNC men's basketball team play Duke in the NCAA Final Four. I don't know. 
this this is the app. It's about country singers and basketball, allegedly <laughs> basketball. NCAA basketball. Is that what we're talking about? Basketball. Yeah. yeah, college basketball. Yeah, for that during matter. the final four. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna stay quiet. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll lock in for us, and no disrespect to people who like country. I just do not like country music, but I only know this because it was like a Twitter storm of people being angry with this with this performer. Yeah, that's a move. Yeah, that's a really bad move. Could um, you couldn't watch it later in your. Never heard a TiVo, TiVo guy from like TiVo. Yeah, how about you record it on VHS? You know, put the sharpie on the. The no, because then the, that's when the timer blips and <coughs> you end up like, or a newscast cuts in, and uh, I can't, I can't think of the guy's name because I really don't care. But we'll lock in with the name. Okay, um, I, my knowledge of country music is limited. Um, I know, but I do know that Garth Brooks went on tour earlier this year, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't. I those name, those song names don't sound familiar. Um, but it, it could be him, and yeah, or it could be it, Chris Gaines. It could, or it could, it could be Chris Gaines. That's that's right. Um, Either or. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know any country people. I know Luke Bryan, uh, Dirk Bentley. No. Okay, so it's not them. <laughs> I don't know who this was. Okay. Uh, Jason Aldean. He's a man who likes a guitar and a, and dirt roads. That's a whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I, I what, can't what, associate anybody with North Carolina. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean Michael Jordan. Yeah, it, it, it could be country music legend Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's let's just go Garth Brooks because he. I think he likes sports. He feels like a sports guy. He, oh, he played minor league baseball at one point. Yeah, Garth Brooks. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know. I just uh, first person I could think of was Luke Bryan. I, sh- I think Chris Gaines would pull a move like this. Not so much like Garth Brooks, <laughs> but Chris Gaines definitely would. He would do it with a smile. Uh, but this uh, person was uh, Eric Church. His name is Eric Church. Mm. This is uh, if you hear uh, move, Eric Church. Yeah, if Don't you like if, if you're waiting for your end of the year trivia 2022 events, this might be coming up on that one. Uh, yeah, that's it. Question number two. Often compared to Rosa Parks, Canadian civil rights activist Viola Desmond, pictured on the country's $10 note, notably refused to leave the whites-only section of what type of establishment in Nova Scotia on November 8, 8, 1946? Neil, I don't know this, and I have no way of knowing it, um, but what about a library? I like that. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not not sure either. Um... 1946, unfortunately, a lot of the places had whites-only sections, so they could be a multitude of things. Maybe a bar? Could, could be a bar. Um, could be a... Just like a, bar, like a standard restaurant? Like a diner? Right. Um, what is Nova Scotia famous for? <laughs> Being cold? Um, yeah. Hockey? Be, what is, know, what like if a, it's a hockey arena? What if it's an ice skating arena. rink? <laughs> an ice skating rink. A sure. maple syrup factory. There, there you go. A, a very Canadian um, form of segregation. We'll do <laughs> go ice skating rink. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. Ice skating rink. And uh, we're sticking with library. 
Uh, no points on this one. Uh, this is a movie theater. She refused oh. to leave the White Southern section of a movie theater, and this is often considered uh, the Rosa Parks of uh, Canada, even though she did it uh, perhaps like about a decade before uh, Rosa Parks famously refused to give her pussy on the bus. Wow. Question number three in this round. Uh, with the chemical formula C3H6O, what useful solvent with a seven-letter name is the active ingredient in many paint thinners and nail polish removers? Uh, we're going to lock in, so if you want to talk, you can talk it out. Okay, so as a person who has a home now, I spend a lot of time at Home Depot, and we buy paint thinners, and they always say contains acetone on them, and I'm pretty sure that's seven letters. So if you're okay with acetone, yeah, that sounds fine to me. All right, not for the nail polish remover, but for the paint thinner, locked in. Oh, I missed the part about the seven letters. We said uh, isopropyl, uh, which is not is, seven letters. It is acetone. Acetone is the correct answer on this. Yeah, one. that makes sense. Good pull. All right, question number four in this round. The Scouse accent is most closely associated with the city of Liverpool, England. The Brummie accent is most closely associated with the city of Birmingham. What accent is associated with the city of Newcastle, as referenced in a UK reality show spinoff of Jersey Shore? Oi, which is the oi, bruv. Yeah. Is that it? Well, is that I, the one? Newcastle is still a little northern, so still, um, still got a little bit of a, yeah. It's hard to. It's they right. talk about from it Rails on to the dance. Uh, you sound Love like Island all the time, London. and I can't think of it. It's uh, you said Newcastle, right? Yeah. I feel useless in this round. Um, I, I have no idea on this one. Um, uh, you want to go with Cockney because I can't think of anything else. Sure, and, I, and that and that's a word that can be used pretty freely in different kinds of titles for reality shows. Yeah. So, so maybe they'll have someone creative way to do it. Yeah. Uh, we know this is incorrect, uh, but we just said the Yorkie Shore. It is not the Yorkie Shore. Uh, there is a UK reality spinoff show called Geordie Shore. G-E-O-R-D-I-D. Mm. That's a Geordie accent that's associated with Newcastle. All right, question number five. I'll try to get this one. Uh, what beauty products company, currently owned by luxury brand LVMH, gets its name from the Greek spelling of the name of Moses's wife. What beauty products company, currently owned by luxury brand LVMH, gets its name from the Greek spelling of Moses's wife? All right, we will lock in here. Um, I, I'm probably not going to get it from the Moses's wife angle. I'm thinking of other beauty products, beauty companies. Um, so it's the the beauty product name it's like a brand of beauty products or what beauty products company currently company. owned by luxury brand LVMH gets its name from the greek spelling of the name of Moses's wife Sorry if I'm laughing over here Neil's looking up Jordy Shore right now oh. <laughs> If you thought Jersey Shore it was like a very smelly crew <laughs> <laughs> Oi, oi, what's the smell? Oi, <laughs> who smells like sausages? It's me mom's pasta. Come on now. Oh, boy. Um, What about... Uh, there's L'Oreal, there's... 
Well, there's Maybelline. Maybelline. Uh, Maybelline. Yeah. Maybelline. What about Sephora? Okay. As a brand. And would that maybe be like this Greek name for Sarah? Maybe, and that's Moses' wife's name? I don't know Moses' wife's name. But I know that I spend a lot of time standing at awkwardly around the Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we, yeah, we, we could do that. We could go with Sephora. Okay, we're locked in. Sometimes you just gotta wait while you know your significant other picks out the perfect blender. Uh, yeah, we said Sephora. And Moses' wife name was Zippora, and the uh, <laughs> Greek spelling of the name is Sephora. Well done. Well solved. Great job. It is a great sight at the mall. You just see a bunch of guys with like shopping bags just standing outside on their phone or, you know, not Awkwardly knowing what to do. Picking up one eyeliner over and over. I like Sephora, but I, I don't go in because of my migraines because the, all the perfume and stuff like triggers my migraines. So I, I have to hold my breath when I go in there to grab something and then I buy it. And they I just leave. see Neil coming and start spritzing. Just, like, <laughs> we know how to get him out. Just imagine how creepy it is when they see me open the door and I go, <sighs> and I walk around holding my breath. <laughs> Well, after the first five in round two, uh, two-man power trip closed the gap just a little bit, adding 20 to their score to go up to 105. Uh, Jeff, they mined the gap. They do mine the gap. <laughs> and uh, just ahead of them with 125 points is Legion of Gloom. Awesome. Good close game. That's what I like. Uh, let's uh, get into question number six in this round. Primarily used for barrels of beer and wine. What unit of measurement with a porcine name is equal to 63 gallons of liquid? Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Is this, is this a butt? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it is. It's 12 year old me's favorite. Just stood up and pointed at his butt and says, This is this butt. <laughs> is this a butt? He did his tone, his uh, tone loke, uh, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura uh, impression. Yeah, I'm I had like a brain fart there. Sorry. Two questions. You're right. Uh, we we're gonna we're gonna go with a boat lo- a butt load. We're gonna go with a hog's head. Yes, that is the porcine name. A hog's head. Hog's head is the mm. answer on that one. Isn't there a hog's head mead? Yeah, yeah, that's a okay. Harry Potter reference type. Of that's thing, all right. right. Yeah, that's canceled. Isn't it just hog's mead? Or maybe it's hog's mead. I believe. Ken would know. Hog. Ken's a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> All right, uh, question number seven in this round. The Amazon series, A League of Their Own, stars Abby Jacobson, who becomes romantically involved with a fellow baseball player, Greta Gill, who is played by what actress from The Good Place, Barry, and Broad City? We can lock in. Love Barry and The Good Place. Haven't seen Broad City, but I've heard good things. Well, not Kristen Bell. She's the only one that I know. So (laughs) it's the it's the lady who plays the uh, the robot, right? Oh, uh, uh, Darcy Carden, I think her name is. I am okay with that because that's the only other name I could come up with. I'm 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 pretty sure on her name her first name is Darcy. I think it's Carden or Harden. I, I I would say Darcy. Carden. Okay. Greg with the hot tag there. Uh, we went with Darcy Carden. Oh, great pull, Greg. Well done. It is Darcy wow. Carden. One of my favorite actresses, uh, comedic actresses. She's so funny in all the things she's in, even in uh, A League of Their Own, which is much more dramatic, uh, but still fantastic. 
Yeah, she's great. I don't have time for another streaming service, Amazon. I don't want it. That's why I said. Rings of Power. I would say, what about That's the Rings all of I Power? Have to say about that. Or the is Boys. The Boys is great. Oh, fine. There's good stuff everywhere. All right. Question number eight. I'm making this round. Considered a national hero for his role in his country's liberation, poet Jose Marti has an international airport named after him in what Latin American capital city? Do you know, Greg? I I, I do not. Um, but you know some South American countries. I do do South American countries. Um, so we can get somewhere. Is so for Brazil? Is is the capital Rio or Sao Paulo? It's Brasilia. It's Brasilia. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Marti. It sounds if that accent to me is more Portuguese than Spanish, so that would lend it to Brazil. That that sounds good. Um, just to clarify, you were asking for the capital city or for the country? Capital city. Okay. Then Brasilia. Brasilia. Yes. Well, we will say off the bat that when it comes to the uh, liberation portion of this question, our history knowledge is severely lacking. Um, so we didn't select uh, our answer that way, but we just wanted to make sure we got a capital city in there. And we said uh, Bogota, Colombia. Uh, sorry, no points on this one. Uh, Jose Marti International Airport is located in Havana, Cuba. Havana. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jose Marti wrote a poem that was the inspiration for the song Guantanamera, which is a very, uh, very uh, one of the most patriotic songs in Cuba. Yep, that is yeah. Question number eight. Here comes question number nine. Georgia Hubley, Ira Kaplan, and James McNew are members of what indie rock band that has released fifteen studio albums since nineteen eighty six? The band's name comes from an anecdote anecdote involving Mets outfielder Richie Ashburn having to yell this Spanish phrase to his Spanish-speaking teammates that he would catch the ball and thereby avoid a collision. This is a great question, Joe. We're having trouble figuring out the Getting Spanish started, French. started, yeah. yeah. You guys are in? We're locked in. Oh. So we're trying to think of power trios, uh, maybe ones that are from New York, because they, they would have picked up on the anecdote from the Mets. They're in Mets fans. And something Spanish. Something Spanish, yeah. Might have to it's let this one go. a good time to go. be a Mets fan. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really have no idea. Originally, I thought it was going to be like Green Day or something, but then when it said New York, I was like, there's no way. So, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We're out. Okay. So, I was completely lost. And then, Greg, what did you say? So, so I was thinking about um, so the, the, the anecdote about the baseball players telling the person that they are going to catch the ball so they won't have to avoid a collision. So usually they'll be saying something like, I got this. So I, I got it. So I started to try to translate that into Spanish and thinking, yo, tango, yo. And tango, Yola right Tango now. is definitely an indie rock band. So we said Yola Tango. Excellently solved. Well done. That's exactly what I hope you would do in this question. It is Yola Tango. And they are from I've Hoboken, never, New Jersey. ever yeah. heard of that band. Really? I'm surprised. Well, no, are they yeah. the band that has the cello? Uh, what do they have? I don't think. Or maybe no. I'm thinking of another. Cursive has a cello. Oh, okay. But that's not the same band. There's a there's some band I'm thinking of that's like a rock band. They have, they have like the cello or like or orchestral, but then they play rock songs. But is they this, play. Is this a huge like gap in my knowledge? 
I think so. They're pretty popular. According to Wikipedia, Viola Tango has been called the quintessential critics band. Means it has a strong cult following. Stand-up bass. Stand-up bass is what I was thinking of. I, it, it was wrong in my eyes of a cello, but yeah, stand-up bass. That's what I was thinking of. Huh. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's uh, finish it out. Question number 10. Uh, one of Carol Fabricius's most famous paintings is one depicting what kind of bird? The painting is central to a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel written by Donna Tartt in 2013. Greg, I think we're just going to have to name a random bird. If yeah. you feel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Neil had a good uh, good poll on this one, I think, so we're going to lock in. Uh, All right, so probably not raven. Um, dove, pigeon. Mm. I was trying to think on the Pulitzer Prize in 2013 angle. Mm. Um People like to write about sparrows. Could it be a sparrow? That, that's, that, that be... sounds good. I have a giant picture of a cockatoo in my living room. Could it be a cockatoo? Some kind of parrot? People like parrots. People do like parrots. Um, I, I, I like... I had, I had a, something, you know, in my head when you said sparrow. So maybe maybe sparrow? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna lock in with sparrow. Let's go with it. And uh, Neil wrote down Finch, and uh, I mm. think there was a book or something and a movie called The Goldfinch, right? The Goldfinch. Yeah, I remember it was a, an award winner, and then they made the movie with Ansel Elgort and a couple other people. And yeah, that's about art. Yep. So we're going with Goldfinch. And it is Goldfinch. Well done. Yep. Which is good that we got Pulitzer that because I have a Goldfinch tattoo. <laughs> Right next to his gold finger tattoo. You got it here in this bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just tell me you, you never got as jazzed as you did when the soundtrack of Tony Hawk came on. Just ready to go. <laughs> I didn't even know how to skateboard. I was ready. New girl. I actually listened to the first two Tony Hawk soundtracks pretty regularly. Um, that being said, we are ready to uh, get the questions for our final wagers, but we got to figure out what the point totals are first. With 125 points, two-man power trip is just behind the 155-point lead total of Legion of Gloom. Let's have the categories for the final round. Sure, you got it. All right, so the first one is Grammy, and this will be a music question. The second question will be Oscars. This will be movie, but more history question. Number three is Emmy. This is a TV slash literature question. Number four is Tony, which will be a theater question. And number five will be Nobel, which will be a science question. All right, all the wagers are now locked in for the uh, final round questions, so let's have them, Joe. All right, question number one, category of Grammy. In 1996, what hip-hop trio consisting of Vin Rock, Tretch, and DJ KG won the inaugural Grammy for Best Rap Album with the 1995 album Poverty's Paradise. Number two, Oscar. The 1987 Best Picture winner, The Last Emperor, centers on Pu Yi, the last emperor of China. Pu Yi was a ruler of what dynasty that succeeded the Ming Dynasty in 1644 and lasted until 1911? Number three, Emmy. 
Jodie Comer won the Emmy for Best Lead Actress in 2019 for the show Killing Eve, in which she played what Russian assassin? This fictional assassin is based on a book series of the same name by author Luke Jennings, and in poetry, this word refers to a form of poetry consisting of 19 lines. Number four. Carol Channing in 1964 on Broadway, Barbara Streisand in 1969 on film, and Bette Midler in a 2017 Broadway revival have all played what title character? This character, for which Channing won a Tony for Best Leading Actress, is a matchmaker who seeks to find a match for grumpy widower Horace Vandergelder. And number five, Nobel. Alan M. Cormack and Sir Godfrey N. Hounsfield received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for the development of the technology for the CAT scan, or now known as CT scan. In both abbreviations, the T stands for what word, defined as imaging by sections or sectioning that uses any kind of penetrating wave. All right, those are the questions. We'll be back with the final results. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, all the answers are now in. Uh, tossing it back to Joe to have the questions one more time and see who will be the cream of the crop. Sure. Number one, in 1996, what hip-hop trio consisting of Vin Rock, Tretch, and DJ KG won the inaugural Grammy for Best Rap Album with the 1995 album Poverty's Paradise? Neil, with the answer in the wager? We wagered five, and uh, we said Naughty by Nature. Well, we wagered 30, and we also said Naughty by Nature. Yeah, the first ever winner of the Grammy for Best Rap Album was Naughty by Nature. Uh, number two, 
1987 Best Picture winner The Last Emperor centers on Hu Yi, the last emperor of China. Hu Yi was a ruler of what dynasty that succeeded the Ming Dynasty in 1644 and lasted until 1911? Uh, we what did we wager, Neil? We wagered thirty. Thirty. All right. We said the Qing Dynasty. That's the one with the Q. Uh, we wagered ten and had no idea, so we said the Han Dynasty. Uh, one team is right. It is the Qing Dynasty. Mm. Well done. That was a tough one. Uh, number three. We did a good job guessing, Neil. <laughs> uh, number three. Jodie Comer won the Emmy for Best Lead Actress for the show Killing Eve. When she played what Russian assassin? Assassin is uh, based on a book series of the same name by author Luke Jennings and is also a form of poetry consisting of 19 lines. She's great in this show uh, for 30 points, we said. Villanelle. That is what it is. We wagered 30, and I knew that the name started with V, and I was racking my brain, and all I can get to was Valerie, which is not right, but we said Valerie. Uh, both the name of the book series and a type of poetry and the character played by Jodie Comer, it is Villanelle. Uh, number four, Carol Channing, Barbara Streisand, and Bette Miller have all played what title character? This character, uh, where Channing won a Tony for Best Leading Actress, is a matchmaker who seeks to find a match for a grumpy widower, Horace Vandergelder. We wagered 30, and thankfully I was in this musical playing Cornelius. Uh, we said Dolly Levi. Ah, that's very close to the answer we had. We wagered zero and didn't have an answer. Uh, she, yes, they all played Dolly in Hello, Dolly. Yes, that is correct. And number five, Alan C. Oh, sorry, Alan M. Cormack and Sir Godfrey Hounsfield uh, received the Nobel Prize for uh, development of CAT scan or CT scan. Uh, the T stands for what in both these cases? Uh, Jeff's advice that I mumble our answer because uh, we're very <laughs> close. He says, uh, we said topography. Mm. Uh, we wagered 10, and uh, I believe it's tomography. And we wagered what, 15? You did indeed. And the T stands for tomography with an N. All right, well, it was a very good effort uh, by both teams in the end, uh, but unfortunately the two-man power trip with a score of 125 points today just doesn't have what it takes uh, because this week's cream of the crop is going to be the Legion of Gloom with 235 points. I am the cream. Oh, we got, just the, as we we were got the pin. Them. We did get the pin, center center ring, which is uh, pretty unheard of, but uh, they, they let us uh, go over, so thank you both. Yeah, just as we were gaining momentum, we both blew out our quads, so I think that's, <laughs> that's what happened. Sad. I was going to make that same joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're a good team. <laughs> Uh, well, let's start with Greg. Uh, as we said, Greg, uh, you've been a patron of ours for a very long time, uh, and that we are so appreciative of that. You've been with us since October 1st, 2017. Uh, we've loved having you on the show so many times. doesn't mean this is going to be the last time, but it was just great to have you here to celebrate uh, reaching 300. Uh, any final shout-outs, anything you'd like to say before we let you go today? Uh, well, just thank you for having me on. Um, I, I, as we were talking about wrestling that is actually the the way that i found you guys of the podcast i was searching for wrestling trivia and lo and behold something called triviality was uh, there um but yeah i, I appreciate the, the time and it's, it's always a blast to to play uh despite the the, the results one way or another um i guess my 
quote unquote shout out is just it's um, I'll sound like a broken record, but everybody please just try to be kind to each other and be kind to yourself. Great words. Uh, and Joe, uh, same goes for you. Uh, lovely to see you as always. Uh, miss hanging out. We'll have to do some sort of uh, meet up with you in New York. Maybe we can play your trivia game and, and anyone else that's in New York or something. It'll be fun. But uh, any shout outs or anything that uh, you'd like to say before we let you go today? I'll echo Greg's statements about being kind and being righteous to one another. Uh, yeah, if you're in New York, come check out a trivia night. You know, if you're not in New York, check out our, one of our summer games on Twitch. Uh, besides that, I want to thank y'all for having me. I'm so incredibly proud of all the work that you guys done with this podcast and how far you've come. And I hope you guys keep going strong for many years in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. That means much. a lot. Yeah, we appreciate that. And we will keep going strong with the help of Airwave Media, of course, uh, home of great podcasts such as The History of the Great War, Kick-Ass News, and the Investing for Beginners podcast. Maybe I need that one. I think we all need that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us, everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to send in those questions for our 300th episode uh, and join us obviously at uh, patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. But for Greg, uh, Ken, Jeff, Matt, and Joe, my name is Neil and that was Triviality. <laughs>